in the prison. It's an odd uh, the prisoner podcast. Welcome to Imprisoned in Prison on the Prisoner Prison Cast. I'm your host, Canadian TV interviewer Mark Malik. Mm, CBC. CBC. Yeah, Canadian Broadcasting Company. Vern Troyer. Right. Not, not, no, Werner Troyer. Different guy. Hi, I'm Matt Comages. I have no affiliation with public television. I guess this was public television, right? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, you, they wouldn't have this anywhere else. Yes, it's the prisoner. Puzzle. I can't tell where it came from, <laughs> but it's here. Yeah, Ontario yeah, yeah. Educational Communications Authority. Okay, that certainly sounds Oika? like public. One more time. Or Ontario Educational Communications Authority. No, I wonder where you tried to abbreviate it. Oika? Yeah, that sounds good. Oika. It's, a, it's an Oika production. Okay. Oika. So this stems from 1977, and as far as I know, is one of the only times they got Patrick McGowan to um, rant about the prisoner a bit. And rant he did. Um, I did learn immediately to Port Melian, I guess, unless he's saying it wrong, but I feel like I should trust him on that. He said Port Melian? Yeah, because we've been saying Port Melian. Oh, well. And it, uh, different port, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a slightly different port. Um, let's see, what else did I learn? Oh, I didn't... You know uh, Lou Grade's other big production, right? Other than The Prisoner? The Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, guess I know I said this. One. You probably did. I know, was, like, I, know year, I said this. It was a year ago. It, it was a year ago. Out. This, this, okay. this took a while. I just I just watched The Muppets Haunted Mansion, so I was I was um, uh, know, getting, drowning in Muppety stuff the past few days. And well, ran. Yeah, it stuck out to me because I when I found out that Lou Grade was like a huge part of why the Muppets were were a success because basically everybody who was a guest on that show were people who like owed him favors. He was like, Hey, old chap, calling in a favor. You wanna keep walking, do ya? <laughs> you wanna keep walking? <laughs> well then walk on over to where these puppets are. <laughs> that's I'm sure that's that's how it happened, because yeah. Um so what do we what do we learn from this? Well, it turns out that the answer to the prisoner puzzle is that Patrick McGowan did not like going through security in order to enter a building, and that was uh, that's the whole thing. That's the reason that the series exists. I don't like entering security, going through security. He basically he basically went to some studio someday, and that they were like, "Here you go. Here's your badge number six. And he was like, I am not a number. And then that was, you know, it all came from that. Yeah. It makes sense, right? He didn't yell enough in this. I mean, he did a little bit of yelling. Like he more did than a you, little bit. More than you would in a normal interview. <laughs> <laughs> he did more than I think the situation warranted. I think he, he settled down after a little while, but like sort of early on, it's like he was ready to like, he smoked probably about eight cigarettes in the span of 35 minutes. And he definitely was like kind of angry at the interviewer almost immediately. You know, we that's what we're here for, right? That's what we want. Yeah, he seemed happier talking to the people in the audience, which was weirdly set up because it was like eight people in two 
rows no not rows like columns right mm -hmm. two columns of people and it just it looked weird it's like yeah, some of them were pretty adversarial like the <laughs> one religion guy was kept asking but is this religious <laughs> <laughs> he, he asked about like three different things after he was sort of like uh not really is um, that the guy that reminded me of rain wilson he, yeah because he was believe i mean there's only one guy who asked anything about religion and he asked multiple questions about it so yeah yeah because i, I yes. had an image of his office character coming in just needling <laughs> going over this um there was that guy a little later on. He looked kind of like Dave Grohl. Time traveled back to 1977 to be super square. That was fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think the the big rev revelation for me personally was that he doesn't believe in evolution. Yeah, I guess that was still was a pretty a thing big in the one 70s. I I don't think that it was common to not believe in evolution. I, I'm sure that it was like probably not as frowned upon as it is now. I don't think that it was a common thing where it's like, oh, well, they're all saying we're monkeys. Do Are they? <laughs> that was the whole point of the, the monkey mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that was kind of weird, but well, I mean, the whole that, the whole, that episode in particular is kind of weird, I guess. So Again, well, again, it's like I'm probably holding him to a higher standard because he's making brilliant art. <laughs> he's not just some guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, uh, there's probably notable people of the past too. You know, Mozart probably didn't believe in evolution. Yeah, but that was like 450 <laughs> years earlier. No, it wasn't. That's way too many years. <laughs> what? I don't know when. When was that? When was Mozart? In that 1520? Like, like 200? No, no, like 1780s. <laughs> okay, uh, 200. That's okay. still a it's, lot. It's, it's that's it's, a tremendous anything pre-industrial revolution is like. <laughs> tremendously different yeah no i know i know i'm just throwing that out for fun <laughs> yeah, i think uh who would you compare him to like uh 70s 70s i don't know nixon did nixon believe in evolution Nick, i don't know no no i don't think anyone asked him <laughs> I'm you're looking it. If, if it's on the record yeah we don't know let's see what what did i, I like a quaker what the hell <laughs> Really? Well, he wasn't a practicing Quaker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was practicing liar. Yeah, yeah. I I feel that's against the Quaker oath. Yeah, it's against the Quaker oaths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let's get back. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Yeah, that was pretty important. I, that was pretty interesting to learn. Um. That he was. He did specifically spell out that it was sort of anti-progress, which makes sense. Yeah. But he also yeah. he also made it sound like he was specifically um worried about the atomic bomb, which that's well, every, that sort of hung over the series, but it was never really spelled out, right? Yeah, I mean in the eighties we all still thought we were gonna blow up any day now, right? Yeah. So it makes it was sense interesting that, that I don't yeah, it was interesting that nobody ever really tried to set off a bomb in the village, right? Like, did mm -hmm. that happen? Yeah, they, there was that clock. But it wasn't that wasn't a bomb, though. That no, was the fake. metal. No, the metal. Excuse me. The metal was a real what? bomb. Oh, was, yeah, but it wasn't uh, a nuke, though. It, are you sure? You don't know that. Hmm. It didn't explode in the end, did it? 
Is that what he meant when he was worried about the the entire village getting punished? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a different episode, but... <laughs> they will be punished by nuclear radiation. Um, I, okay. I, of course, like the weird tossed-off stuff he said, like, um, what, what did we get? Oh, he used the word haters, which... 1977 seemed like a really weirdly early specific time to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it early on. He said things were progressing too fast. I think that we should pull back and consolidate the things. Mm. I think that's the exact quote. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I typed. I didn't write that one down. I did consolidate write um, the things that living in harmony was just good, violent fun. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, he was like, yeah, we just kind of tacked on the prisoner stuff at the very end. <laughs> he did. He did really, I mean, to his credit, he did admit that a lot of stuff that people have analyzed was a lot more than he originally intended to, as far as meaning. But then someone talks about how amazing there were so many happy accidents, and he immediately got defensive about it. And was like, no, that that was that was the pages were there. It was laid out. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, I I organized the village's sewage system. <laughs> yeah Which, i mean that's cool i mean you know show bibles and stuff they're i guess supposed to get into that sort of thing right yeah i don't i don't know i know that the thing that the thing where he said that the uh, original rover the robot went into the water and stayed in the water was apparently completely false yeah okay yeah that sounded weird because i was like what did you build that doesn't make sense <laughs> i mean apparently it just didn't work which makes way more sense than it just going into the water and like why would it go into the water that doesn't that doesn't even make sense and then he's like we had to go through six thousand of those balloons i'm like rover wasn't on screen that much <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah there probably like... weren't six thousand shots in the entire series yeah but maybe they were just popping them for fun <laughs> i don't know <laughs> But yeah, I thought that. I mean, I guess they probably are fragile, especially in the sixties. They probably have more heavy duty weather balloons now, you know. So, I mean, they were heavy duty enough that they could kind of like look like they were absorbing a dude. Yeah, and not yeah. pop. You know, I mean, maybe they, it takes they... three. Maybe those shots took three hundred balloons to get the one that didn't pop. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe there was just a scene they cut where where six thousand of them were chasing someone. That would have been great. Oh yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, I do like his reference to the stupid little bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see right there that the guy smiles when he says that. That the yeah. guy asks, is asking the question doesn't even get the name right. That's great. <laughs> so he does. Um, McGowan does really spell out that this is like his idea is that this should be anti-capitalist without saying the word capitalism ever. Yeah, Which but then we have that one anti-communist episode as well. So he's kind of pissed at everybody. Yeah, I think he just doesn't like... Uh, well, it's it's one of those things... I don't remember if it was in the Alex Cox book or if I read it somewhere else, but he was compared to Prince, which... Are you a huge Prince fan? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, but you're not like obsessive enough to read a lot of details about him, right? Oh, about Prince? I don't know. Go yeah. Throw, throw what you're going to say. Oh, it was just, uh, you could, I feel like there was a huge like parallel in that when Prince got that big record contract and then basically ended up fighting with Warner Brothers and then painting Slave on his face and changing his name and kind of, 
being really upset that they wouldn't, I think wouldn't let him release like five records in a year or something like that. I don't even remember what it five was. Triple albums. <laughs> but it, this feels like a lot of the same thing where he's just like, just kind of annoyed that he couldn't do what he wanted to, even though he was able to do, he had more creative freedom than almost anyone in the entire world at this point. Cause like, you know, you can't just, you couldn't make, you couldn't really make this in the U S like there, nobody would give you enough money to make this in the U S at, at that time. Oh yeah. For TV for sure. Yeah. So yeah, but it's like the thing where the, he gets way into being a victim and then makes it sort of like the whole identity of the thing. But then later he's talking out. about, yeah, he's talking about how um, Leo, you know, was, was losing on set. And, and the actual story sounds like he's a little darker in that, like, you know, McCurran had like a heart attack or something. He's like, but I kept it together on set. I'm like, did you? <laughs> he did no. not let the role take charge. That's not why he was strangling people. <laughs> yeah, it's like he doesn't just because he didn't do like method acting. It's like he's like, no, I'm fine. Even though he admits very early on that he got ulcers from yeah. it. Yeah. Just yeah. Just like, don't take that your work is something. home with you. <laughs> and yeah, and his career trajectory, you could really tell he didn't do a whole lot after. Or, no. Well, I guess after you're England's highest paid actor for a few years, you can, you know, you don't have to work so hard, maybe. <laughs> well, apparently he moved to LA and then didn't get a whole lot of roles there. That was right, the main thing. Right. Yeah, like, he I mean, yeah, the, the rest of his discography, excuse me, filmography does get relatively weird, you know. I mean, we looked at that a little bit, I think. So mm-hmm. Because he was on some failed medical drama show that he hated for like 10 episodes or something. <laughs> Did he hate that? I don't think I saw that information. It seems like it was a bad show that nobody liked working on. Um, he did all that it was Columbo. one season. Yeah. He, yeah, he was that. on Columbo a few times. He did Scanners. I mean, so, I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like he didn't do anything, but right. He certainly did not continue this 60s run. This, again, this show sort of, um, bopped him in the, the head i guess yeah i'm looking directly at his filmography he did karashi which was you know the john drake tv movie for danger man or secret agent um right. then was in the moonshine war mary queen of queen of scots a genius two partners and a dupe silver streak the man in the iron mask then he was in rafferty for 13 episodes that's that's the medical drama that's dr sid rafferty nobody. Then we have mm-hmm. Brass Target, Escape from Alcatraz, The Hard Way, Scanners, Kings and Desperate Men, Jamaica in. These are all movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, sounds like than... somebody's career. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, was mean, it Warren, my Warren, career. Warren Beatty, who never does anything except rarely. He just shows up as Dick Tracy. Yeah, and yeah, now he just, <laughs> just shows up as Dick Tracy every 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Movie, other movies. Um, so... You, you think he'll manage to make another Dick Tracy movie where he's like 87-year-old Dick Tracy? <laughs> I mean, you could have an 87-year-old Dick Tracy. What did Dick Tracy even do? I don't remember anything like he went that he to did. The, he went to the moon and his, his, his son married Moon Maid. And they lived Does on he the like moon. shoot people? Does he have a gun? Does he have a sword? Yeah, sure. Dick Tracy screws up people. He shoots. He's got, he's okay, got, a, wrist, I... he's got a wristwatch. It's just like I just remember Dick Tracy like standing there looking like all serious while like there's m- just mutants, just mutant after mutant. 
Oh, again, if you want some fun, this is for anyone. Um, find on Wiki or something like a summary of the Dick Tracy comic strip from about 1965 to 1967, and your mind will explode. <laughs> Weird. Okay. I mean, maybe don't do specific. that. Maybe maybe not. Don't do it the second because we're on the prisoner. But <laughs> I'm just gonna earmark it for later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, he focused, uh, McGowan focused a lot on like commercialism and commercials telling people to buy things. Um, when The Prisoner aired, there were commercial breaks, right? Uh, like, I on, can't remember how BBC works. They have commercials, had, right? Well, saying, I, I don't think that this had commercials in the UK, but it wasn't black and white in the UK. They didn't show the color, which is kind of annoying. So it was shot in color for the American market. And there's places where you could put commercials pretty easily. So. It's very interesting, like the idea of watching this in black and white. Yeah, like it never, it never occurred to me. That's that's like the some of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, once the, upon a time would be fine in black and white. Yeah, I think this show definitely should be in color. I mean, it's the same thing happened with the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour, which, I mean, to be fair, it was it it wasn't very good in the first place, but also people watched in black and white, which took any fun out of it that it might have had. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, color can't color can't fix things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if they're not like particularly interesting, I mean, I've only done uh, you know doing uh, the Twilight Zone. There's only been one episode where I was kind of like, gee, I kind of wish that one was in color. You know, what the rest of it, yeah, black and white for sure. Well, uh, how do you feel about the relationship between commercials and brainwashing? Uh, that's like I mean, commercials that's, in general. That's I mean the. You know, the propaganda book was that Edward Bernays is basically explaining brainwashing and advertising in the same thing in a book called Propaganda. So it's all kind of, you know, all tied together. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that advertising or TV advertising works to sell things, but it just seems to over time make people more susceptible to programming. That's, I kind of feel like, when we were kids, like in the 80s or in the 70s, as far as I know, you wouldn't normally hang out with people and they would just say lines from things. I think that I feel like that that alone, like sort of making its way into society is almost like it's like a, a, a byproduct of us being trained to like store a bunch of catchphrases in our head. Well, yeah, it's disturbing how many things that you call your views probably came subconsciously from watching you know televisions and stuff again the, the, the general and speed learning you know that gets directly towards that sort of concept yes exactly it's like so, we don't we we unleash something on the populace without actually knowing what it does but i don't think i don't think it necessarily showing a mcdonald's commercial to like five million people doesn't sell five million meals at mcdonald's you know it might like <laughs> set off something in a couple of people's heads but like also gradually it might wear you down yeah it's more like you just might hear the, you name. At the right time you just keep hearing the name right and uh yeah it's like a shotgun it's like a shotgun fired over and over and over yes there you go everyone. commercialism is a shotgun fired at everyone continuously that's that's good how about his idea that because there is idea that why not why at some point can't you say enough and you know use what you have I mean, I guess if there's a spirit of invention, you know, because that there's that too. Some people feel the need to 
compelled to create new things, right? And some of those are engineers, so I don't know. Well, like most people, I didn't. It didn't occur to me at all to like stop buying things until I was in my forties. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like not at all. And and even that, it's like I might not feel that like that if it wasn't for things like the glut of digital stuff. Yeah, you know I, I mean, mean like, we we now we yeah we want we have more ephemeral things, right? You know, if you get a book from Amazon, it could theoretically disappear from your kindle uh the game you bought a few years ago no longer works on the current technology right so it's just unavailable it's not even that it's like am i as worried about am i as worried about something i own disappearing into the digital ether as i am about the 500 things that i own or quote unquote own having time to even consume them or or having time to consume the things on the streaming services Oh, I certainly don't. I mean, or I maybe I, those are two two ends of I'm, the same I, thing. Even. Yeah, I, I'm still in a room with physical media, and I'm never going to get to all of this physical media. But it's kind of nice to have your own personal media library, I guess, like a physical one where I can like thumb through things, you know. Yeah, but eventually, it starts to build up, and you start to resent it, <laughs> or at least if you're me, it does. Okay. Or you I mean, do. I've got a little build up, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't mind a little bit of clutter myself. I like a touch of clutter in my living space, which is probably not the best thing, but. <laughs> well, I like to be comfortable, but then when, when it starts to have guilt attached to it, like I have a big full record shelf of things that are not only more valuable than they've ever been, but I don't really use them a whole lot and they take up a lot of space. Right. Yeah, I guess there's things like that. Maybe I have a little more space to work with. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I guess you get you do get to a point where you quit buying so much stuff for sure. <laughs> and uh, but I I'm also one of those weird people where I don't really get that nostalgic, and I want the new thing. So that's that makes me particularly susceptible to capitalist stuff. Yeah, I'm not. A, I, I, I definitely. Thing lost i guess i'm not so interested in the new thing anymore like i i, I do start to get resentful with technology because like with you know my phone or whatever i'm like man my phone works a lot better five years ago <laughs> than it does now yeah well that's that's like a whole different problem but it's i don't think that i don't think the prisoner existed when that was really coming about but it's like the thing where people are like they don't make stuff like they used to <laughs> i mean that's uh well, now it's more That's like part planned, of it is like we're basically experiencing the software version of that. Yeah, we're experiencing the software version of that because what what's happening is like Google is realizing they're they're never going to make as much money off of free apps as they thought they would, mm -hmm. and uh, and Apple isn't making money on the software end like they should, or I don't know what I don't actually understand what's happening. No, I know that software is feels like it's gone backwards like made a downslide it's like where's movies and tv even come from anymore it's like i mean you know there's so many things like did this show on tv for real did, did this actually play in a movie theater it's you know especially living in japan i have no clue anymore well it's a it's a weird feeling that like the general like i guess quote unquote feel of of electronic devices has kind of taken a turn for the worse over time yeah, but that is one of the things. I've heard the Windows prisoner. 11 is terrible. I haven't used it yet. Uh, nor have I, but... Um... Yeah, it's like internet. It's just, 
internet hasn't really improved much in the past uh i don't know 15 years yeah yeah like, so uh there's uh you know our we have we've gone from 1080p to 4k tvs and we're not getting four times the internet i've got are <laughs> I mean, you really getting you're, are you really getting four times the movie though i mean i guess if you have a you're getting four times the number cool. of pixels it's just raw number of pixels right you're right. getting four times the number of pixels per frame um if you are streaming 4k content which you mostly aren't and it's hard to buy discs of it too yeah so now hbo is like what 20 bucks a month for that for 4k or 16 for not 4k i, I think tell they you just <laughs> they just announced that i think right right um, but i you're guess probably that's... hearing this from the future when that's all normal and they're probably trying to do some new thing anyway that's um I I really have a theory that's a lot of why people like Star Wars is people point out that it's like everything is kind of dirty and the technology is like looks dirty and real. But I think that when you're seeing something like a dirty spaceship, like it signals in your brain that this thing was built to last. So it is valuable. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not going to, you're like never going to see a smartphone that looks like it has like 20 years of dirt on it. I, maybe like, that's where, where the prisoner's aesthetic because most of the tech stuff is clean and shiny, but then they're in this village, which is quite lived in. You know, the buildings are relatively old buildings. Well, not for, well, for American minds, relatively old buildings, you know, like based on older things, but none of it comes out quite right. Yes, and... Uh... The tech, who knows how old the tech, whatever the tech was supposed to be, how old those props were. They're at least a little bit old, I think. And sometimes the tech is just like a rubber ball. They built so, a lot for this. You know, a large balloon. So, <laughs> Yep. Okay. Weather balloon. Anyway. Weather is forever. I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because uh, I almost cut out again. So... <laughs> okay uh yeah you're what... starting to break up again let's just uh let's just wrap this up okay uh thanks everybody for listening and i guess i'll say what what was going to be said this has been the imprisoned uh, in prison prison thanks for cast. listening we're both plugging at the same time because of internet weirdness but uh you can find us talking about other stuff on uh at Patreon on Podcastio Podcastius, where we're doing films and filth, where we talk about the 100 best and the 100 worst films on IMDb. A caught Disney about Disney films. Time Enough Podcast about The Twilight Zone. And you can hear some gamer content that doesn't always has have us, like Luke loves Pokemon, Hyrule Field Report, and The Game Game Show, which is a game show about games. So, thanks for having Technology has uh, stymied us a little bit on today's episode. I'm not even sure if Mark is still here or not. Or oh, I'm he... here. I'm just letting you talk. Okay. I, I, I was sitting here wondering if I'm monologuing or not. So <laughs> Remember, progress is the biggest enemy on Earth aside from oneself. So let's stop making our internet worse. <laughs> Be seeing you. Be seeing you.
Between rocks and the bog's place A double-double in the deep blue trees Just what the hover kept out Joy of so many rainbows to chase Still tripping over hot streaks in this place Where mirrors don't lie, no time shall erase Got a glimpse of my original face Think that the build is broken Yonder headline reaches as a whale The joy of so many rainbows to chase Still tripping over hot streets in this place Where mirrors don't lie, nor time shall erase The lips of my original face Let's play.